You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley with the Screener Squad, and I need a doctor. Not just any kind of doctor, a shrink who can take all my money but make me feel good about it. What's that? Totally insane, ridiculous premise. That's the premise of a show on Apple TV that we watched, starring Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. The Shrink Next Door, based on a popular podcast, it's a story of Marty and a therapist who helped him turn his life around and kind of leached all his money from him. Relationships, business, like insane things that you would never think your doctor could take advantage of. This particular psychiatrist did. Will Farrell is Marty Markowitz. Paul Rudd is Dr. Ike. We also have a wonderful cast of comedians. Catherine Hahn plays Marty's sister, Phyllis. And I would say this is a comedy, but it really leans heavy into the drama as it progresses. I'm not going to be talking about this alone. No. With me, I have someone who always buys randomly in the sandwich line. Frank is with us. Hello. I would give Paul Rudd all my money. I would give him all of me if I had the chance and if he was up for it. (laughs) But yeah. Hello. And we also have somebody who believes the best kind of therapy is through puppets. Doggett is with us today. Dr. Doggett. And uh, yeah, this show's as funny as Don't Look Up. Because this show's (laughs) fucking depressing. (laughs) But Don't Look Up was actually kind of funny. You know. Well, this show, it it spans through the course of about 30 years, I believe. And we have Paul Rudd wearing old people makeup in the pilot episode. And it looks so unnatural and strange that right from the beginning, I was a little bit taken out of it. Like, what kind of silly stuff is this? But Will Ferrell's aging actually (laughs) looks normal. and It looks really normal. That's because they de-age him. Well, it's also because Paul Rudd is aging so fucking amazingly in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? You, you, you saw him in gray to, hair? You just don't want to believe that he would ever age that way even right. his <laughs> 80s and whatnot. But, but you gotta love, Brad, I know you relate to this, but you gotta love a, a series watching this. Like, oh, man, you gotta love a series that just starts, opens up at, on, on the year you were born and ends when you're about to turn 30. Like, that's just, like, wow. I felt like I... Went through entire like history throughout this. Like I brought it up in this review, like wow, look how everybody's aging. Do people really age that fast? And I got looks <laughs> from my kids, and not necessarily from my wife, but from family members. Like, ooh, denial much, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yeah, I shouldn't have watched this. I'm three weeks away from turning 40. It's unfortunate because it's like a profile picture. This is the wrong time for me to watch this show, maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. And he's turning he's turning 40 in the beginning, with like the first couple of episodes. So I was like, man, this yeah. is cutting deep. Uh. So we have a Marty who is urged by his sister, Phyllis, to go see a therapist. Because Marty just got over a very big, angry breakup. But his girlfriend is insisting, you promised me we'd go to, what was it, Cancun or something one day. So now, since we're broken up, you got to buy me a trip to Cancun. And Marty, who is such a pushover, is considering it. So his sister Phyllis convinces him to go to the therapist. And Ike, the therapist, played by Paul Rudd, makes him go to his ex and explain to her kind of aggressively, no, I'm not buying you a trip to Cancun. And then Marty being very thankful for... But he promised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's absurd. Like, even then, that's absurd that... So Marty being thankful buys Ike a sandwich because Ike didn't have his wallet with him. And from there, that sandwich snowballs into incredible astronomical and financial favors... This is an expensive ash sandwich. Yeah, like the funny, lighthearted show in the pilot, at least, slowly becomes kind of misery porn for me. This made me feel bad on several occasions, and almost to the point of anger of how pushed around Marty ends up being by this doctor. What, what, what did you guys think? I found myself in a lot of agony uh, over. I, I watched this all on um, Sunday. I don't. I binge watched it. I don't binge watch stuff because I actually have a life. But I actually, but hey, I, I was uh, fired. Yeah, uh, happily, you know, go out and go out and for a jog, people. Go out and live. But I, but I'm rubber, you're glue. But uh, <laughs> but I had like no time to watch this because uh, you know it came into it last minute. But whatever. So I thought I'm going to do four episodes, then break, and then do another four episodes. And I kind of liked really the the first four episodes. Um, I thought. I thought maybe I was setting myself up for a different show. I thought I was gonna have like this really quirky, you know, psych patient New York set, you know, something or other that was like in the world of Woody Allen, maybe. Uh, but it was still very diverting. Like I liked all these characters. I loved Phyllis. I loved, you know, like the relationships between them. Um, but it becomes such a different, different show in the second four episodes. Uh, the set in the second half. Uh, in fact, five, six, and seven feel like one long episode that just never ends because it's basically them doing the same thing for years and years and years. But I did feel like a lot of agony about this, uh, watching watching this poor guy just waste away his years under this like the hand of this Bengali, and it became, it became like a hostage situation for the most part. It was so tragic to watch this man's life just be just completely be dominated and wasted away and, and at the same time he's just being forgotten about um it broke my heart it really did yeah it really pulls a training day on you like surely paul rudd isn't the villain <laughs> <laughs> this is the most menacing i've ever seen him it's also pretty brilliant because he's so like quietly manipulative he's not like you know he's not threatening he's not uh you know he's so charming and he's so trusting and that's watching him watching him be manipulative was was always a highlight it, it, from an acting point of view. It was, it was very interesting to watch, even though at the same time you're just like, oh my God, somebody help this guy, please. 
Like that's one thing I will say, even though it is kind of an agony, as you put it, Frank, to watch. Paul Rudd is wonderful as Ike. He has this incredible way to convince you that it was your idea to have him screw you over. And that's real abuse. And the trauma that can result from such a relationship, I thought was very authentic. Like Will Ferrell's not being, oh, I don't know. What's a goofy-ass Will Ferrell comedy? Stepbrothers. Uh, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Right. This isn't like Blades of Glory, Will Ferrell, which, I, you know, the both things I just mentioned, I like Will Ferrell in. This is more like Stranger Than Fiction Will Ferrell or the uh, American version of Force Majeure of Will Ferrell. Very serious, very genuine person who you could actually see yourself running into someday. He works at the, what is it, the carpet store. Never go back to the carpet store, Morty. But... The abuse is so authentic, it was disturbing me, and I don't know how you could binge this. I'm glad I was able to take breaks for a week at a time. I it. This is my New Year's uh, Sunday, so yeah, it was like, oh, it was really fun. But I, I found it like, <laughs> when you find out that so many of the guests, you know, he eventually cons them into throwing all these parties, this party after party, year after year, it seems like all they're doing for years on end is having parties, and a lot of the guests are his former patients who have not had a good experience with him but are still under his grasp. I found that, found that so uh, perverse and so terrifying. And I was just, I, 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 Frank, was he took so, his bed. It was so, like, un, it was so unbelievable. <laughs> it was, uh, and it's, it's a busload of them. And I just thought, my gosh, this guy. And it was, um, it was not the show I was expecting it to be, but it was still watchable, if, if just really agonizing. fucking. <laughs> Now, without getting into spoilers, we'll be as vague as possible. Doggett, what were some of the things that tipped you off that Dr. Ike was actually a villain? Well, the second he said, oh, I forgot my wallet, I thought, I thought to myself, I don't trust this motherfucker. <laughs> He's up to something. I forgot my wallet. Bullshit. No adult forgets their wallets. Man, I... So just from that moment on, I've, I've always known he was up to no good. I'm so impressed by that. My mother-in-law, who's an expert in many fields... She's wonderful. Hi, Denise. Love you. She knew from that moment, too. I was in episode three, you guys. Episode three, after the bar mitzvah, I was like, I don't trust this Dr. Ike. And like, the last horse finally crosses the finish line, Brad. Where were you during the sandwich leeching? I was like, oh. Well, it's also the, the for, for me, it was the, <laughs> the whole, um, well, even though it's only been a few minutes, I got to charge it for the whole hour. I'm afraid. Kind of <laughs> that just sounds like, like a doctor thing to me. I know. I was like, dude, if you were really as nice as you're coming off, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have done that. Like, no, no, no. It's it, it is alerting. We ha- we haven't said when he goes to his ex girlfriend's house and yells at her. <laughs> that was cool. That that was cool. Yeah, that, it that, was cool. But it's like you probably shouldn't do this. Yeah, well, he really helped him out though. Yeah. I think between that and his I sister would have done the exact the, same uh, thing. And the koi pond. I think the koi pond was a yeah. genuinely good thing that he did for this guy, and I love. I found that so that broke my heart in the best way. Like I found that so sweet and tender when he was, you know, trying to interact with these creatures who really didn't want anything from him. It's the only, the only like people in his life that didn't want anything from him at that point, except for food, and you know, and that's it. And so I, I find I found those moments with him and the fish just so incredibly touching, like more than I was expecting to. Yeah, and again, back to the performances: Will Ferrell um, communing with these fish. Uh, being present near this koi pond, it was so, 
I would love to have a koi pond after <laughs> watching too. It seems really zen. As a koi as ice as, bucket. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Really zen. Fuck. So we're not getting into the heavy, wow, I can't believe he convinced Marty to do such a horrible thing stuff. And there's a lot of it. But we do have to talk about how Catherine Hahn as Phyllis kind of calls Ike about out about being a con and then his advice to her and then you find out later his advice in general is when he feels threatened by a family member you got to cut them out of your life get rid of them they're toxic let her know in a letter you're never speaking to her again and oh man when that comes up and again it comes up a couple of times in the show I almost felt like quitting because even that was so far but Again, I listened to this podcast, and that was a common practice of Dr. Ike. When he felt that a family member was threatening his arrangements with his patients, he would let that patient know, cut this person out of your life, never talk to him again. It's so, like, it's so, it, it's it's genius when you think about it, because that is a very common thing to do, because I, I know that people say, you this person is genuinely, you know, a danger to you. You need to not have them in your life anymore. And, and there are plenty of cases where that is where, where that is true. But for him to just use that, um, that's just so maniacal, and, and, and it's it's so easy for him to do that. Um, and it, you know, plot wise, it's pretty. It, it makes sense. And it's like nothing, but it just, gosh, the the, the grasp that the, the grasp that this guy had, and just the uh, the um, you know, he reminded me of a lot of Ber- Ber- uh, Bernie Madoff, actually, just in terms of the way. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, in terms of he just was able to just do it like um, imperceptibly. And um, and just keep on going and going and going. Um, and the way people uh, bought into him because they wanted to buy into him. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I, I got to yeah. admit, I didn't enjoy how much I, I kind of saw myself in Dr. Ike because there's that scene where he's like, man, Marty, you really are rich. And he, he took scope of it. Like, wow, you really got a lot of money. I didn't get to have a bar mitzvah. I wanted one, but I didn't get to have one. How do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about about Dr. Ike's wife? I found her to be just so um say the word passive but just like I want to be like come on you know you're you're seeing this guy you're married to you're seeing what he's doing right I mean you're not really stopping him but you're not really encouraging him to you're just letting him do his own thing I mean you got to have a little bit more agency than than you do I mean maybe it's the way you're written but I, You're right, Frank. I just was, like the mom from Selena, they should have done I was more. Just like, oh my gosh! I was just yeah, but I was really, I had a problem with her, man. I just couldn't. He he's been manipulating her the longest out of anybody we've seen, because even the first interaction he has with his wife, it's in that manipulative speak. He's been lying to people for so long and twisting them in the wind. I'll call it for so long. I genuinely believe, and again, kudos to the art of a. Uh, Paul Rudd here, I genuinely believe this person didn't think he did anything wrong, that Dr. Ike actually thinks he's innocent. Well, it's like, it's, it's like Bernie Madoff. Like, Bernie Madoff thought he... Br- exactly. Madoff, like, That's you, actually a really good comparison. If you believe your own lies, are they really even lies anymore to you? I mean, come on. Oof. You know? Damn. Well, I think he saw it as he was he was just fucky over the rich a little bit. <laughs> I think that's how he saw it. You saw he had he had that chip. He has that same chip I have on my shoulders. Like, well, you're you're kind of rich. So you, you, <laughs> after the millions I took from you, you still have millions. I think more. it's more like um, 
I think it's deeper than that in a lot of ways. I think it's really just it, it's it's control. It's just it's just control because not everybody there like the I think there's a character played by Sarayu Blue, um, who I don't believe wasn't really rich, but his even though her uh, when she's talking about her relationship with him. I mean, it's just all about the control, and it's just all about like this holding this person in the palm of your hand, and just being a puppeteer in a lot of ways. That that's scary. That is so scary. But I I kind of wish it would come off more scary than it did, because I will say that from a from pacing standpoint, from a um, you know just uh, in terms of just beats, there is a part in. I think it's five, six, and seven, those episodes, they are all just so, like, mechanical in a lot of ways. Like, the flow is, um, it's very steady, and there's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of moments uh, that make you sort of, like, jump up and say, like, oh, my gosh. Um, it, it's like, I was more, like, so shocked and terrified, and, or what do you want to call it, in hindsight, afterwards, after watching, and after, you know, just processing the actions of the characters rather than in the moment. I didn't feel that really in the moment. I thought it was all fun and games until the show ended and the, and the credits came up and it said, based on a true story, and I flipped the fuck out. <laughs> well, let's carry that into our final thoughts. Doggett, if you could lead us, please. I'm just saying, this is the first time I've really got to see Paul Rudd be menacing. And he does it in his Paul Rudd manner, where he's like, man, I still like you, you piece of shit. And uh, Will Ferrell does a great job as well. Catherine Hanna... No slouch here. Way better than she was in WandaVision. And I just got to say, uh, maybe don't watch the show. It's kind of fucking depressing. It's the last four hours really is. How do I put this? Just what? Imagine Harry Potter's life going in reverse. <laughs> is it was was what Marty went through. Wow. And, uh, it's just very sad. And uh, but I still enjoyed it. So I'd probably give it seven out of ten. Koi fish. Nice. Frank. I think ultimately I did enjoy this. I enjoyed this for the performances. I enjoyed this for um, what it says. Ultimately, even though it wasn't really the point, um, the main point, what it says about family. I really loved the uh, the relationship between um, Marty and Phyllis. I think their scenes are just dynamite um, from, from early on in the 80s. Um, and the last episode, I think the last episode is really, really great because of the way that they come together and their sort of reconciliation. Um, I got teary-eyed when they when 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 they were both finally laying out all their cards on the table about how they how the absence in each of their lives, um, what what that did to them, uh, what this guy did to them, how he destroyed the only family that they had left really with um, within each other. Um, Catherine Hahn is really, really great. She is so great. I wish she'd been more of a presence in this, um, but the, the, the nature of the events are what they are. Everybody here is really great. Uh, I, like I said before, I think I was expecting something different. I think I was expecting something out of Woody Allen's New York, um, something like a little bit more quirky and with phrases that I could, you know, <laughs> tweet about and pretend they were mine. But no, uh, this was something that's really, really dark. It's uh, really, really telling. And it's really tragic in a lot of ways. Um, but there is a small glimmer of hope at the end of it, I guess. <laughs> Even though it is, you know, you think, well, fuck. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to give this uh, 7.5 out of 10 um, parties that you end up throwing 
um, and having to work the entire time. So, you, you know, I mean, wasn't even the point. You're not going to have any fun, but hey, whatever. Yeah, it's never fun being the cook in a party. Well, yeah, that's how much of a pushover he was. I'm pretty much mimicking what you guys said. I got teary-eyed as well at what I'll just call the moment of triumph. I think it is worth a watch just for that. Uh, Big-time trigger warnings, though. The abuse, the manipulation, the vile. This is your fault when someone is exposed. It's so genuine. And again, kudos to the cast for making it that way. But I know that's not everybody's thing to watch. <laughs> genuine brainwashing, you can even call it. But yeah, Bengali I, relationships. Are, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Catherine Hahn, I love her, even as Agatha. Why, why would you bash Agatha, Doggett? What the heck? Because he wanted to hear. Because he wanted to hear you praise her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Got you like a Marvel property, Brad. I'm gonna give this. I'll go six and a half gas stations on a bus tour out of ten bus tours that aren't supposed to stop there. Dun dun dun! That's fucked up. <laughs> I was so fucked yeah. up. <laughs> That was a great moment because that that was one it's of those like, that you're like, wow, this is you're in yeah. deep, dude. Oh my gosh, like too deep. There's like succession where like you could have like some real fucked up moments that don't involve any kind of physical harm, but still shock you. Yeah, yeah. 